The following is a King's Chapel, Alaska presentation with Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passions making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's call and help us be the personal, powerful, permeating church God's called us to be. For more information, visit kcalaska.com or find us on Facebook. Here's Pastor Daniel. Take your Bibles, turn. Oh, no, forget it. Just go ahead and have a seat. We'll get there in a moment. Uh, we're going to go to Psalm 31, uh, but not just yet. Psalm 31. Um, as I was preparing in the brief moments I had to put this together tonight, it's kind of an unusual day for me for a variety of reasons. Uh, really bringing me to a place of weakness. I stand on that scripture tonight that our weakness, his strength, is made perfect. And uh, there's opportunities. <laughs> Listen, here's what I felt the Lord say to me. Don't waste a good trial. Let me run that through one more time. Don't ever waste a good trial. Say it with me. One, two, three. Don't ever waste a good trial. Trials come, persecution comes, mistreatment comes, and through them, you can learn to be strong in God, have your character changed, to, to use those as springboards to propel you into the future and the purpose and the destiny that God has for you. There's 6.5 billion people on the planet, most of which are mistreated and abused. And as a believer, as somebody who loves Jesus with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, or hopefully you're on the way to doing that, you will have trials. Unbelievers have trials too. It's very sad for them because they don't have a way to really turn it around. I've had people say, well, it's all, gonna, it's all good, man. It's all good. Come and tell you, if you don't know Jesus, it ain't all good. You know what I'm talking about? David wrote Psalm 31. You can turn there. And through trials and through problems, uh, if, if you respond the right way, if you respond the right way in the midst of your, your trial, well, you'll end up going deeper in God. Now, if you respond the wrong way, well, it just doesn't work out as good. That's all. Psalm 31. We're going to look at verse 5. Psalm 31 and verse 5, it says, Into your hands I commit my spirit. Deliver me, Lord, my faithful God. Written by our hero David, next to Jesus, probably one of my, my favorite characters through history. David went through a lot of pain and a lot of suffering at the hands of Saul. And I think even at the hands of his brother in a dysfunctional family. Don't raise your hand if you came from a dysfunctional family. The key to not wasting a good trial, a good, good abuse. <laughs> abuse is not good. I'm just saying that God will work it for good if you respond rightly. Trials are like divine pop quizzes. Has anybody ever had a pop quiz? How many of you have a pop quiz? Right, you come into English class and you're like, you're reading Chaucer. 
And they say, pump quiz, get your paper out. You're like, oh, snap, I didn't read those 15 chapters the night before. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Does anybody know who Chaucer is? Okay. The pop quiz. It's English literature. Pop quiz in math. I, I, I never liked pop quizzes, especially when I wasn't ready. And the things about pop quizzes are they're pop quizzes. I mean, you don't know they're coming. David was subject to a number of pop quizzes. And uh, I believe that some of you are in the midst of a pop quiz from God. Often believers, they love Jesus, but they take issues into their own hands. It's taken me a long time to learn this, and I'm not sure actually if I have. It, it takes a, a real good trial for me to remember it. I, I think that's more, more likely. Some the sharper trial or sharper pain or mistreatment to cause me to wake up to the reality that I'm going to teach you tonight. But if you can understand and get eight in, 18 inches down into your heart, the very simple principle that I teach you and preach to you, which is not new if you've been here for any length of time, of how to walk through a trial, how to walk through a time of mistreatment, how to walk through a time when when somebody has even abused you or taken advantage of you in some way or another. If you can learn the very simple principles from Psalm 31 and 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 24, as well as chapter 26 in the life of David, it'll change your life. Look, it'll change your life. Either you can take things into your own hands or you can... Put them in the hands of the man who healed the waters. Put your hand in the hand of the man from Galilee. I'd sing the rest of it. My vocal cords are shot. I can, I can hear it. Come on. Yeah, all you people born in the 60s. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, whoop, 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 whoop. Yeah, come on. Give it up for the 40 and over. Yeah, hallelujah. Ooh. You know, those songs were written during what's called the Jesus movement. We need another one. We need another Jesus movement. They were baptizing thousands of people in the Pacific Ocean, thousands upon thousands. The, the beaches of Malibu and, and, and Huntington Beach packed out hundreds. Can you imagine? Come on, you, come on, you've been in a revival meeting? Imagine that. Imagine so many people are filling the beach. They don't have enough people to baptize people. People that just got baptized are baptizing people that, that are baptizing people after that. That baptize people. I'm talking a lot of baptisms. It's important that when you go through the divine pop quiz of a trial, that you don't take matters into your own hands. You say, what do you mean by that? There are many believers, there are many people, I would say the majority of people who serve the Lord don't have this principle down of committing your spirit into the hands of God. And the principle really coming from 1 Corinthians, well, David, but in Corinthians, Paul writes, 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19, you are not your own. 
Verse 19, verse 20, you were bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. You belong to God. Everybody say, I belong to God. So don't you think that God knows what's going on with you? Don't you think that God knows that you got ripped off by that person? Don't you think that God knows when they were taken advantage of, when you were mistreated, when you should have had the promotion and the other guy got it because he's the cousin of the brother of the guy who owns the company? I mean, don't you think that God knows how to bless you? Don't you think that God knows what's going on? David, as I've said before, I'll say again, David was in what is called the Seminary of Saul. The Seminary of Saul is a great KSM. could be the Seminary of Saul for you. The point is, my point being, I don't want you to misrelate that, but you'll go through things. You're in KSM or you're, you're down the street at your job. You're going to go through stuff, and it's God's training ground for you. And if you miss understand the purpose of your divine pop quiz, your trial, your mistreatment, you will not grow in the way that God wants you to grow. I mean, don't, God could have spared you from it, right? Transferring, I commit your, into your hand, I commit my spirit, of course, it's quoted by Jesus on the cross. To commit to your, Commit your spirit into God's hands is to commit the most important issues of your life to God. Let me say that again. The most important issues of your life, you commit to God. Your deepest desires, your longings, your, your heartfelt prayers, the hope, the future that you have. Come on, you cannot fulfill your destiny in and of yourself. And it certainly isn't faith. But you commit that to God. You trust God to bring the husband. You trust God to bring the wife. You trust God to bring the baby. You trust God to bring the healing. You trust God to bring you through your trial, your circumstances, your mistreatment. You tr and, and, and you don't put your, your own hands on it to try to manipulate it. Now that can be tough. And doing this, committing your spirit, committing the most important issues of your life to God, is one of the primary values of David throughout his life. And by doing that, by, by committing into God's hand his spirit, David brought the conflicts that he was in to God, and, and he didn't put his hand on it. And as a result, guess, who, guess what happens? You, you need to get this. We're, we'll go a little deeper as, as God helps us. But if I belong to God, and I do. Anybody else? Okay, so I'm his son. He's my heavenly father. And he's holding, he's holding him, he's leading me, he's guiding me, he's protecting me, he's healing me, he's providing for me, he's doing all of these things. Now, if I run into a place where I'm in conflict or I have a problem or I'm mistreated or I'm abused or I'm ripped off, I have a trial, I have to view that trial as a divine pop quiz. And my response to that will determine whether I go deeper in God or whether I take things into my own hands. The Bible says it is mine to avenge. So when I allow for God, now if I belong to God, so then I'm going through the trial, do you think that God knows about the trial I'm going through? He does. And when I commit that to God and I let him take care of it, oh, the breakthrough. The breakthrough. The, the, the enlarging of your heart towards the things of God and sensitivity to the Spirit. 
It involves continually transferring your personal rights to God. Let me, let me say that again. It involves continually transferring your personal rights into God's hands with his promise to take responsibility for them. Some of you put your hands in the, in the hand of the man that healed the waters, then you take it back. Some of you, you know, you gave your life to Jesus. You united with him in his death, resurrected with him in, his li- in, in, in newness of life, but then you let the dead guy come back. The Bible says to reckon yourself dead. There is so much carnal Christianity out there, it's just... Um, very painful to live that way. It's painful to live as a carnal Christian. Well, turn, if you would, please, to 1 Peter 2. We commit all to God's ownership. He owns us. He purchases us. That means we're, he's responsible for us. Come on, if you're fully in God, fully vested, you've, you've given your life to him, he owns you, he's bought you with a price, then he's responsible for you. Is that right? That doesn't, make you, that doesn't mean you sit on your couch and he's going to go to work for you. You know, you've got to do what you can do, but he does the rest. God won't do what you're responsible to do. You can't do what he's committed and promised to do for you. 1 Peter 2.23. 1 Peter 2.23. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to the one who judges justly. Ooh, wow. And what happened for him? Resurrection, king of kings, name above every other name. You know how hard that is? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? If you've ever been wrecked, you just want to set the record straight. Oh, listen, I, I have been through some things in ministry, a few. And I've been through things where I wanted to set the record straight. I've had situations happen where I was sort of pointed at at the one that did the deed, and I didn't do anything wrong. All I did was serving God. Kept my heart right as best I could, pray. You know, I mean, we all stumble in many ways. I'm not talking about that. You know, I mean, you got a bad attitude, you repent. But I mean, no willful sin going on. And, I, and I've had fingers pointed at me. And been accused. And had a lot, you know, the, 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 natural, the natural thing as a human being when you were reviled is to come right back and revile them right Hey, shut your mouth. Somebody talk about you, you tell them to shut it. You talking to me? I'm like a spirit of slap fix you right now, right? When they hurled insults at him. Has anybody ever been insulted? Am I the only one in here? No, yeah, welcome to the human race. Amen, you're going to get insulted. When they hurled insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to the one who judges justly. In your divine pop quiz, in your suffering, in your mistreatment, that you might be going through and definitely will go through at some point in your life, do that. And if you do that, then you get God results. You say, that's not so easy. I know. I know it's not. It's easy for you to say, no, it isn't. I've been through my stuff. 
I'm, I've got more pop quizzes coming. I'm sure. Because God loves me so much. He wants to train me to rule and reign with him. Amen. And you too. To believe God to judge means to believe that he'll intervene and make the wrong things right his way. In his own timing. Or the, in his own timing part. In his own timing can be 20 years. Can be 30 years. You know, we don't like 30 years. You're 16. Give me a break. 30 years. 30. Some of you know what I'm talking about. You live long and you have something that went wrong and thing that happened and the record's not been set straight. I'm in, I'm in a situation like that one day. Certainly not innocent. Amen. I mean, I, you know what I'm talking about. We've all failed. We've all messed up. I'm just, you got to commend things, commit things to the Lord. The New King James Version. Can you bring that up for me? 1 Peter 2.23 in the New King James. Can we do that? The New King James Version says, Who, when he was reviled, did not revile in return. I kind of like that. It's got like a, it's got some unction on it. Reviled. You don't really hear that word too often, but it means to be insulted or spoken in a demeaning, sarcastic way. To be spoken to in a demeaning and a sarcastic way. By the way, sarcasm is not kingdom language. You will never see Jesus being sarcastic with anybody ever. Okay. And I, I like seeing it this way. And you may got to make sure your heart's right. But, and I've certainly had this mindset and not had my heart right. But it's good to make room for God's vengeance. <laughs> How many of you know if your heart's not right, it doesn't work? You know what I mean? It's mine to avenge, says the Lord. So when you're mistreated, you go through something that the record needs to be set straight. You, it, it's, it's frequently, mostly, a wonderful thing just to keep your mouth zipped. Take it on the chin. Trust God. He knows what you're going through. Let him set their record straight. Let him vindicate you. And when God vindicates, if I can quote my mother, when God fixed somebody's wagon, honey, that wagon's fixed. I have testimonies that I've shared before, but I, I just really like this one. My mother was working for a, 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 um, a jeweler, a high-level jeweler. Uh, she'd worked for Tiffany's, and she was the first one on the bench at Cartier, the first woman goldsmith on the bench at Cartier. The bench is somebody that makes jewelry. Uh, but she sold jewelry at different times. And this one time, she was selling a very high-end shop in Maui. And uh, Elton John, you ever heard of him? Elton John came in with his entourage, which we won't talk about that. Uh, he came in and picked out a whole bunch of jewelry and picked out some things for all his friends and, and uh, put things aside. He was going to come back and buy it later. And um, came back and bought it later when she wasn't there. Had anybody been in sales before? Okay, so, you know, depending upon what kind of sales situation you're in, the person that originally started the deal gets a percentage, and if you close it, maybe you get a percentage too. It kind of depends on where you were. In this case, he comes back in, he buys all the jewelry, and it was the manager, the boss of my mother, that said, oh, no, no, that was my client. You never had him, and, you know, you didn't do any of that. And so he takes the whole commission, which was large. And... My mother had been studying on this and understood that if God intervenes and it's odds to avenge, 
And she felt the Lord just say, I see everything, let it go. So she didn't argue. She said, okay. And over the next week, the store got ripped off under the, under the, um, under the management of this guy who ripped off my mother. And it was in a unique situation that happened. An air conditioning man came in, was working on the air conditioning, and somebody else came in and looked at a real expensive ring, and there was some confusion that went by, and they didn't get anything on the cameras, and they lost, I don't know, it's a $20,000 ring or something, it's gone. And nothing, they, can't, they couldn't figure it out on tape, they don't know what happened. Well, homeboy had to pay for it. And, and he, he not only lost his commission, I mean, he lost his job after that. That was it. Don't mess with God's people. And by the way, my mother going back to work later on, but a week or two later. Sometimes, you know, we want, it to, we want vengeance tomorrow. Monday morning, I want it Monday. 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 Yeah, but it might take a little while. In this case, it was a number of weeks go by, and she made all that money back plus plus with somebody else coming in, and she did a sale, and God blessed her. And the Lord taught her this principle, and she taught me. Well, she told me. I didn't exactly learn it right away. <laughs> Set your heart not to waste one good trial. The domain of vengeance or payback belongs only to God. Understand that. Let me say it again. The domain of vengeance or payback that belongs to God, it should never be in your heart. It should never be in your heart to fix anybody, to straighten the thing out, even to set their record straight if you're, if you're reviled. <laughs> I've failed that pop quiz more times than I'd care to, than I'd care to admit. More times than I can remember, that's for sure. Now, there's two classic chapters. Uh, it's 1 Samuel chapter 24, and I'm just going to read some of the verses there. You can go back and, and read them. Two chapters that are classic in David's training, and from them, in the moments that remain in the service tonight, that will help you. Classic in David's training, we can learn a lot from them. One is 1 Samuel 24. It's the wilderness of En Gedi, and the second one is 1 Samuel pardon me, 26, in the wilderness of Ziph. They happen several months apart, but each has the same message. Each time David catches Saul asleep. So that basically, here he is, here's the enemy, here's the troublemaker, the guy that's causing him all kinds of grief, hunting him down to kill him. Two times he catches his enemy asleep, and both times he lets him go. He could have done whatever he wanted to. The primary of David's heart, I believe, is to be deeply connected with God. Second, the second primary desire of David's heart is to rule as a godly king of Israel. If you want to be like David, if you have a, what, what I call a Davidic calling, then you're going to go through this kind of stuff. Praise the Lord. 1 Samuel 24 um, Let's go, if you could pull up on the screen, please. 1 Samuel 24, uh, verse 1 through 3. Let's read this. Now it happened when David returned from following the Philistines. It was told him to take note. David is, uh, pardon me. Now it happened when Saul returned from following the Philistines. It was told him to take note. David is in the wilderness of En Gedi. 
Then Saul took 3,000 chosen men. That means some hot shots, some serious warriors from all of Israel went to seek David and his men on the rocks of the wild goats. And so he came to the sheepfolds by the road where there was a cave. And Saul went in to take a leak. That's basically what it says. So to, <laughs> he went in to attend to his needs, okay? That, that he went in to go to the bathroom. Anybody ever been hunting? Okay, he's hunting, except he's hunting David, and he's got to go to the bathroom, all right? There's no outhouses, there's no porta johns there's no cute little flushing throne toilets or anything like that. So he, he goes into a cave to attend to his needs. Isn't that gracious? I, I, I made it straight for you. David and his men were staying in the recesses of the cave. Go ahead, next verse. And the men of David said to him, this is the day which the Lord said to you, Behold, I will deliver your enemy into your hand, and that you may do to him as seems good to you. And David arose and secretly cut off the corner of Saul's robe. Next verse. Now it happened afterward that David's heart troubled him because he cut Saul's robe. I love the sensitivity of David's heart. He could have just plunged him through, and he's convicted because he cut the king's robe. And he said to his men, the Lord forbid that I should do this thing to my master, the Lord's anointed, to stretch out my hand against him, seeing he is the anointed of the Lord. David had an opportunity to fix it. He was anointed already as king by the prophet who came when he was a young man. And I'll tell you something, it is a hard thing to be anointed as king and to be hunted down or to be serving in a lowly place and wait for the promotion and wait for the elevation. That's a challenging place to be. And David passed that test. David stopped his men from harming Saul. I don't know. I, you know, if it happened today, if some Christian would be like, kill him. Everybody would be like, yeah, kill Awesome. Look what the Lord had done. They'd be dancing, screaming, shouting. They'd make songs about it. And if you go on to read... David temporarily convinces Saul that he doesn't seek to harm him. I want to look at this next uh, verse, 1 Samuel 26 now. See, no temptation has seized you except that which is common to man. Your trial, your pop quiz, your mistreatment, the difficulty you're going through, somebody's been through it before. And it's, it's an opportunity. Don't ever waste a good trial. It's an opportunity for you to be promoted to become more Christ-like. It's an opportunity for you to move forward in the plan of God. And, and if things aren't right and things need to be straightened out, let God fix the wagon because when he fixes it, baby, that wagon's fixed. And it's a hard thing when you've got the tool in your hand to fix the wagon and you're standing there. First Samuel 26. Verse 2, then Saul arose and went down to the wilderness of Ziph. Everybody say Ziph. Okay, say it three times. Ready? One, two, three. Ziph, Ziph, Ziph. All right, that's not tongues. That's just a place that's in the scripture. Having 3,000, <laughs> I just cracked myself up. Having 3,000 chosen men of Israel with him to seek David in, in the wilderness of Ziph. Well, here we go again. Next verse. And Saul encamped at the hill of, I don't know how to say it. We'll just say Shondai. 
which is opposite Sheba by the road. But David, it's a miracle I can read. So if you can pronounce that, God bless you. Praise the Lord. But David stayed in the wilderness and he saw that Saul came after him into the wilderness. David therefore set out spies and undertook, pardon me, that under, and understood that Saul indeed had come. So David arose and came to the place where Saul had encamped, and David saw the place where Saul lay. And Abner, the son of Ner, I got that one, the commander of the army. Now Saul lay within the camp, and the people encamped all around him. Then David answered and said to Ahimelech, the Hittite, I got those two, and to Abishai, the son of Shondai, <laughs> the brother of Joab, saying, who will go down with me to Saul in the camp? And Abishai said, I will go down with you. So David and Abishai came to the people by night, and there Saul laying asleep within the camp with his spear stuck in the ground by his head. And Abner and the people lay all around him. And Abishai said to David, God has delivered your enemy into your hand. Now, therefore, please let me strike him at once with the spear right into the earth. And I will not have to strike him a second time. But David said to Abishai, do not destroy him. For who can stretch out his hand against the Lord's anointed and be guiltless? And David said, furthermore, as the Lord lives, as the Lord shall strike him, or this day, or his, or his day shall come to die, or he shall go out to battle and perish. Let's stop there. David had another opportunity to fix it, and he did not. And that is why it is said of David that he was a man after God's own heart, except for the issue regarding Bathsheba. We need to be like Jesus. We need to be Christ-like. And our attitudes towards each other in the midst of suffering, in the midst of difficulty. And if I need to give you a carrot, you'll get promoted through it if that motivates you. You'll get promoted. You'll, you'll get elevated. There's rewards for people who pass these kinds of tests. And they come every day. Man, we get cut off and we want to fix it. The guy cuts us off on the highway and we want to take care of it. Don't ever waste a good trial. Can you say amen? Mr. Micah, please. Hallelujah. Is anybody here going through a trial? Stand right where you are. Pat, if you have to wave that again, just don't let me close, brother. All right. If you have to do this, that'll work also. How many of you tonight online or here in the congregation you know, you really need God to set the record straight for you. Then don't put your mouth on it. Zip your lip 
Trust God. Do the right thing. Bless those who persecute you. Most people don't even know what the Beatitudes are. probably need to preach on them. Those are kingdom principles. We'd probably be embarrassed if we had folks come and just quote the Beatitudes. Listen, you ought to memorize Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Because those are the, those are the, king, the kingdom principles. They're, they're totally contrary to the way the world is. Blessed are you when you're persecuted for righteousness' sake. For yours is the kingdom of heaven. When you're reviled, you're blessed. I'm, I've, I've been door to door. Some of you heard the stories. I, I've been door to door and had somebody just haul off and spit straight in my eye, point blank. Can I tell you? I just wanted to crack him. I wanted to become a backslider spontaneously on the spot and minister the fivefold repeatedly. And I walked away saying, God bless you, man. God bless you. I didn't really mean it. I wanted to say other words, but they just weren't coming out because my cursor got fixed when I got saved. God bless you. But how many of you know you can say, God bless you like a curse? I walked away and I began to weep. I began to weep because of the tremendous rejection I felt being spit in my face. Sort of wondering whether the guy had hepatitis or AIDS or something. I was freaked out. Wiping this nasty thing off of my face. I began to complain and then I began to weep as I walked alone on the street supposed to go to my next house to knock on the next door to invite people and witness but I'm passing houses because I just can't even hold it together I'm weeping and crying feeling so rejected and the Lord whispers to me and, and I will tell you something if you don't memorize scripture it's hard for him to whisper it to you so I had, I had, I had memorized Matthew that section about being persecuted I just quoted to you and that scripture comes blessed are you who are persecuted for for righteousness sake for yours is the kingdom of heaven rejoice and be exceedingly glad for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you I get that scripture comes I knew that couldn't have been me because I'm all in my own pity party and so I think rejoice I don't feel like rejoicing same scripture same thing comes again and so I decided well I guess I'll try it wipe the tears from my face I said Praise the Lord. Nothing really happened because I didn't really mean it. And so then I just said with my heart. Now my emotions didn't feel it. My mind didn't understand it. But I said with my heart because it's scripture. And I know scripture is true. And everything else is a lie. And so I knew in my heart. what the right knew that I was supposed to rejoice. So I said with my heart. God thank you that I got to suffer for you today. And when I said that. It was like something happened I mean something happened I just thought whoa I felt the I even feel it now hallelujah I feel his presence right now something happened to me and I thought wow let's do that again let's let's do that again I said Lord thank you that I got to get spit on by that guy because I'm preaching the gospel thank you Jesus Boom, another level of his power, another level of his presence. And he filled me and he touched me and I began to rejoice and jump up and down all by myself on the side of the street. I'm sure people driving by thought I'd have lost my mind. I got touched by the Lord. 
I went on to go house after house after house and win people for Jesus, knocking on doors, passing out flyers. I was so on fire by the time I came back to the church. We were doing this outreach thing. I just could I don't even know if I was walking on the ground. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You're so on fire, you're just going to explode all over the building all at once. <laughs> Live like that. In the midst of your trial, in the midst of your challenge. Live like that. Whoever's standing, you're the ones that are going through trials, right? Come on, I want to pray for you. Just come to the front. Quickly come. Quickly come. Just make one line across the front. I'm going to touch and agree, and I'll tell you where my faith's at. My faith is at this place. That when I pray for you, when I lay hands on you, God's going to give you a special grace to go through the pop quiz, the trial, the mistreatment that you're in, so you'll be able to sail right by. If you've put your mouth on it, repent. Back off and let God fix that wagon. Amen. Be like David. Amen. Speak life. There's a lot of trials going on in here. It's a lot of training, a lot of pop quizzes. Hallelujah. Don't waste a good trial. Somebody say it with me. Don't waste a good trial. I'm just going to touch on a great worship team. Go ahead and lead us, Minister Mike. Savior, He can move the mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever. Author of salvation, he rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. Savior, he can move the mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save.
because you told me and I've seen the hand of the Lord on you but I, I got to tell you what I see right now I, I do I see the call of God on you you'll be a pastor God is raising you up you've passed some tremendous tests 
more than anybody knows. You've passed some tests. I know a little bit, but, I, but the Lord shows me the, the, the immensity of, of what you could have stumbled into, and you've passed. I love the worshiping heart you have. Son, I'm proud of you, man. That's what I feel the Lord saying to you. I'm proud of you, son. Come on, just lift your hands. I'm going to bless you. Lift your hands. I'm going to pray for you. Holy Spirit, Lord, thank you for this young man keeping his heart. Thank you for the call of God upon his life. Lord, we agree for your highest and your best that you'd raise him up, Lord. Even in this place, you'd raise him up, God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for his family. Thank you for all of his siblings and for his mom and dad. For the call of God, we agree. We agree. We agree for your plan. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So don't waste a good trial. Don't, 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 don't waste the divine pop quiz when they come. They're pop quizzes. You don't know when they're coming. When they come, let the Lord bring to mind the life of David and, of course, the life of our Lord and Savior, Jesus, who, when he was reviled, didn't revile in return or make any threats. He was like a lamb before the shear. And God gave him the highest name, the name that's above every other name. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. It's mine to avenge, says the Lord. Let him set the record straight. Let him fix the wagon. Don't, don't, don't take it out of his hands. Commend your spirit that things are closest, nearest, and dearest to you. Commend them to God and trust him to fulfill it. Can you say amen? Amen. Well, let's close in prayer. Take someone by the hand. Oh, I almost did it again. Pat, where are you at? <laughs> Let go of that person's hand. We're, we're going to receive communion because uh, there's some folks that didn't receive it, and we'll, we'll go ahead and receive You can't overdose on communion, I don't think. Come on, we're just going to take the Lord's Supper together. Ushers, would you come? come just come from the back and peel off to the right and the left if you would please glory you know something it's really liberating when you put all of that stuff in his hands just get your joy back Come on, he knows what's going on. He knows how to do it. <laughs> hey. Jesus, Messiah, name above all names, blessed redeemer.
that Jesus was betrayed he took the bread and he broke it and he took the cup and he blessed it and he says this is my body which is broken for you it's the cup of the new covenant my blood which is shed for you and as often as you do this do this in remembrance of me so once again God for the second time for some of us others for the first time today we ask God that you would wash us and cleanse us and forgive us for wrong thoughts attitudes motives pride lust of the eyes the pride of life Lord, forgive us for where we might have grieved you. Forgive us for being short-tempered and not being more gracious and Christ-like and loving with those around us. Forgive us for where we grumbled in the midst of our pop quiz. And Lord, into your hands, we commend our spirit, the nearest, dearest things of our heart, for you are the one that has purchased us. You are the one who saved us. You're the one who paid the price. Our life is not our own. We're precious in your sight. And we trust you with every infinitesimal detail of our lives, our hopes, our dreams, our relationships. We trust you. I trust you. Give it all to him, church. Just give it all to him. Give him your sin. Give him your hopes. Give him your dreams. Give him everything. Give him your children. Give him your marriage. Give him your ministry. Give him your work, your frustrations, everything. Give it all to God. We receive your loving kindness and your goodness and your forgiveness, your cleansing that comes now by faith in your broken body and your blood that was shed. We trust you. We trust your leadership for our lives. We trust that you know what you're doing, that your timing is perfect to fix, to correct, to heal, to straighten out what needs to be straightened. The crooked places, the mountains and the valleys, we trust you. Jesus' name. Amen. Let's eat and drink together. presence of the Lord is here. 
as many of you are in need of comfort, let them comfort you right now. Just a few more moments and service is over. Let them touch you. Come on, just let them touch you. Let them touch your heart. Don't be in a rush. Come on, you can eat dinner in a minute. Come on, just let them touch you right now. just to come around my leaders come around come around James Boundary right here in Amber won't you go and pray for them and we'll do one more thing and pray for our camp that starts tomorrow just pray God's anointing and blessing on that once again as we've been praying over the recent months for that come on let's just pray for James and Amber some of the ladies come around Amber right here Lord we just bless this family we bless them God we bless them Lord fresh anointing leading, guiding, directing. Never a misstep, God, in these next months. Perfectly on time. You're leading, you're guiding. The devil drives, God leads. You open doors, and you close doors. You lead, you guide. We thank you, and we affirm the call of God. We affirm the hand of the Lord, and thank you for the gentle spirit, Lord servant's heart that you've given him. Lord, you bless them. You bless their marriage and you bless their children, God. 
feel free just to prophesy and flow over them. Go ahead, guys. Come on, one more time. I give myself away. I give myself away. Myself away so you can use me. I give myself away. I give myself away so you can use me. I give myself I wanted the whole uh, children's ministry camp team to come right here. Come on, come. Come on, guys. Come stand right here. The sons of thunder. Amen. Got a marvelous team. Some of you may or may not know, but the Reynolds boys are their father, their mother. They were the pastor of the year or something or for the United States of America or the nation of so the world or something about about 15 years ago he was the children's pastor of the year I mean he's just got this great I mean, he's just one of the amazing men of God and the mantle that's upon upon them is resting upon you guys and to see them work with children and preach and pray and prophesy and flow in the Holy Ghost is really a, it's really amazing and so it's neat to see that that torch pass to the the next generation. I sure love you guys, except for the fact that you woke me up when I was sleeping today. God bless you. I forgive you. Amen. It's mine to avenge, says the Lord. Forgive me. I, I, I almost, Lord, I'm so sorry. I put that back in your hands and pray that you would fix that this week. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> All right. Come on, where's, where's Minister Micah and if Chanel's available somewhere? Anybody? Chartered Children's Camp. You're part of the Children's Camp team. Anybody else? Sorry, come on up. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Reach your hands towards anybody else. Huh. All right, there's some folks that are doing some ministry in the back, so we'll, we'll just trust them to catch this, all right? Father, we thank you. Minister Mike, would you come here, please? Thank you for leading gallantly over the past couple years in children's ministry. And, Father, thank you for what you're going to do in this camp. Come on, lift your voice and pray. We thank you for children, Lord. The future of our nation is in the hands even of these little ones as we train them and raise them up. Now anoint the team, God. Anoint the team. Lord, the Reynolds boys as they spearhead the different services along with the help of these. Anoint them, I pray. Thank you, God transformation for these little ones the little boys and girls we thank you for what you're going to do in the name of Jesus amen take someone by the hand as we close tonight Pastor Alex would you do us the honor of closing take someone by the hand let's close praise God come on pray for your neighbor Father we thank you tonight for all that you've spoken to us God Lord that we'll not waste a good trial Oh, God, but we would serve you. Lord, we let you be the avenger. And we thank you tonight, God, just for your anointing in this place. As we go this week, Lord, may you anoint us. Help us, God, to, to speak life, Lord. 
God, to be a light in the darkness. God, thank you for saving us and setting us free. Now I pray, Lord, that we would be light in the darkness to see others saved and set free. Oh, Lord Jesus, anoint us as we go in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. God bless you all. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to King's Chapel, Alaska and Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion is making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's life call and help us to be the personal, powerful and permeating church God's called us to be. Get in touch with us anytime at 907-357-2065, 907-357-2065 or online at kcalaska.com, kcalaska.com. Friend us on Facebook and follow Pastor Daniel's tweets at Alaska Revival.